Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wants championships. Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for watching another live edition of the East West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, like always, Jerry Martinez, Kendall Willie. What's going on, guys? Week one. Week one's crazy. Uh, is it time for overreactions? I mean, depends on what team you're rooting for, right? Or what team you what game you're watching for week one, right? Week one's in the books, man. Week one's in the books. Yeah, it was a crazy week one and wrapped up last night with the Denver Broncos and Seattle Seahawks. That game was crazy. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, look, look, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, so, obviously, a big game for Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. And from the beginning, he just looked like he was, like, not all there, nervous. I mean, he came out, the fans were booing him. So, I don't know if that had anything to do with this, the way he played the game. But then towards the end of the game, when they had a chance to kind of go for the win – it was fourth and five, I believe. Nathaniel Hackett um, chooses to kick a field goal. And I want to say it was 63 yards. And McManus is one of the best kickers in the league. But at that point, why would you have your kicker try attempt a 63-yard field goal when you have Russell Wilson, the guy that you traded for this offseason, this guy that you gave a lot of money to? He's back in Seattle. He wants to beat his formal team. Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback. Why not give the guy the opportunity to go in there and win the game? And I think you, I think you, I think that's a great, I mean, I think that's like one of the, I think that's the question right there. I mean, for years and years, we've been seeing Russ, you know, cook, you know, I think they, they, they say that he's cooking it up. Right. And uh, it looked like when it was time for him to, I mean, well, number one, it didn't look like that team was. Uh, they, they didn't look like they were on the same page, uh, and and Russ struggled. You know what I mean. So, I don't know, man. I I think that it's easy now, especially now we see Nathaniel Hackett make out that he recently. I, I mean, they just interviewed him, and he says, you know, looking back at it, I should have, you know, I should have, we should have gone forward on that fourth down. But I mean, even looking at the at the Peyton Manning, the Manning cast, I mean, he's like, call a timeout, and they took. What was it? Oh, they even said it. You wasted 30 seconds to call a timeout. So it's there's a lot to be upset if you're a Bronco fan, because that's what that's what you're missing was that quarterback. And like you said, you spend a lot of resources, not only money, but resources. You you spent draft capital and resources, and for Russ not to, you know, I mean, he's been in the league for how many years now? I mean, how many seasons has he been in the league? 
And for Russ not to want the ball and make the play that you need to make to 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 win the game, it speaks it speaks volumes, man. Uh, I think, I mean, overall, I think it was a sloppy performance for the Broncos from penalties, drop balls, turnovers in the red zone. Like it, it was sloppy. Both the running backs fumbled in the red zone. Russell Wilson missed a few passes. Didn't see a couple wide open pass, wide open players that was open. I think Jerry Judy had a pretty good game. I think he had over 100 yards, scored a touchdown. But outside of that, that Seattle defense kind of really suffocated on the Broncos' offense, and they ruined on um, Russell Wilson's homecoming and whatnot. But um, that's just something. I think it was a sloppy performance. It, 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 was, it was sloppy. Yeah, and look, and it was sloppy, but they still had an opportunity to go in there and win the game. And I look, some of the play calling to me, it was very questionable, especially towards the goal line. Uh, they ended up fumbling and turning the ball over. But if you're Russell Wilson, you're in control. It's fourth down. There was about 30 seconds left, right? And they they waited till I don't know, I think 12, 13 seconds, and then called the timeout. You can't do that. You, you have to know the situation. You've been in this situation multiple times. And for Nathaniel Hackett, it's his first year being a head coach. He was the offensive coordinator. And, you know, situational football is different for coordinators and head coaches. So maybe that took into play because, I don't know, man, but they just seemed confused and that game just slipped away and they should have beat Seattle. Nobody that I know had Seattle winning this football game. Everybody thought Denver was going to go in there and destroy Mm -hmm. Seattle, especially with Geno Smith. And credit to him, he played a great game last night for Seattle. And let's give Seattle some credit too. They held on. Let's give them a little bit of credit. They came. They played good. They were fired up. Um, Shelby great. Harris had a yeah. Shelby 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 Harris, former Darren Bronco, had a pretty good game. I mean, they they spoiled it. It was all of the, everybody thought there was a yeah, um, Bron- Denver. Nobody gave Seattle a chance. Everybody thought Denver would come in there and just blow them out. Russell Wilson would be throwing balls all over the place. But no, nah, um, Seattle had had other plans. Geno Smith looked good. He looked in control. DK Metcalf. That that was a great matchup between him and Pat Sertain. And they got the running game going too with Rashard Penny. But I think overall, that um, Seattle secondary looked real good. The whole team looked good. Agreed. I mean, I know, like I said, it's week one, but I mean, for Geno, right? I think what was it? Was it uh, uh, what coach was he? What's his name? Rex Ryan. Yeah. I mean, um, I think he was making fun of Geno, right? Even before the game even started. Yeah. And, and when we look, I mean, it's 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 hard, right? We, I, I know it's week one. We can't get, we can't really just, you know, jump off of with the, with the motions and, and just, you know, jump off the ship right away. Right. But I mean, do you know, his completion percentage was 82.1%. That's freaking an astronomical numbers um, for completion percentage. So for Gino to go out there and get the job done speaks volumes, man. I mean, who wanted it more? It looks like Gino and the Seahawks wanted it more. The The other thing too, that stands out to me is that, Pretty much Denver didn't play any starters in the preseason, right? And we saw that, and that was a trend this weekend, that some teams that did not play any starters, they struggled to kind of get things rolling, right? So essentially, yeah, it's week one, but it's more like a preseason game, right, to them because, I mean, as far as, you know, going in there and calling offensive plays and that, especially if if you have new players in the schemes, sometimes things don't start off quick. They take a couple weeks to kind of get rolling. Well said. I mean, let's let's talk about my beloved Cowboys. I mean, literally, this is the first time that a lot of the first team got to play, and and they look like the same team as as last year with the with the with the struggles, you know, sticking to to the running game. Um, you know, the it it when we look at the passing game for the for the Dallas Cowboys, it looks very vanilla. But is it is it 
is it that it looks very vanilla or is it maybe in the test that because they didn't play any preseason games and this is in essence their first preseason game. Now I understand Dak is hurt and you know, we're going to find out, we're going to find out, you know, is it Dak that's holding back this offense or is it the actual play calling, right? Because at, at towards the end of the game, when Cooper stepped in, they were able to push the ball down the field. I mean, Cooper actually pushed the ball past, tw- I think the longest completion was, a twenty-four, a twenty-five yard pass that Dak completed to Noah Brown. Yep. So, I mean, if, if that's the case, I mean, teams need to look that they need to take advantage of this preseason, even though you're trying to construct a fifty-three man roster, because these week one, week one games, and if it, and let's just say it was a divisional game, for instance, you know, Raiders and Chargers or or whoever played right in a divisional game, these divisional games, especially when it's week one, very important. Yeah, I think Dallas knows they look real sloppy. On uh, receivers couldn't get open. They don't really have any receivers outside of CD Lamb. He had a terrible guy. I think he had like two receptions for like 26, 29 yards. He didn't show up or whatnot. Just the whole team looked sloppy. I mean, they ended up putting the ice on the Kate. Dak got hurt. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there with Dallas. Um, I heard they looking at some quarterbacks or whatnot, but I think it's gonna be Cooper Rush this Sunday against uh Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. But but look, I mean, last year they had Amari Cooper. You can say whatever you want about Amari Cooper, but he's a true number one in the league, right? So essentially all the attention went to CD and maybe, you know, last year it, he might've been, you know, a couple of games where Amari Cooper didn't play. Not, I can't recall how many games he didn't play, but essentially this was the first game where he was a true number one receiver for the Cowboys. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry. Uh, it's kind of hard to say Amari is a, a true number <clears throat> one, but maybe, maybe so. Right. Because when, yeah. when, when Amari was there, uh, CD Lamb was able to, to, to put up, Good numbers, yeah. and I think he was a thousand yard uh, reception. I'm pretty sure uh, CD can, uh, you know, amass a thousand yards receiving this year. But yeah, I think Amari demanded the the attention because Amari did, Amari did not look good with the Browns. But then again, you know, it could be like you know he really you know it's taking some time to get it's a new yeah. offense. You know, it's um it 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 could, it could be very debatable uh, the way you look at it. Uh, it just it, whatever it is, it just doesn't look good in Dallas. I mean, if it was Houston, I'd be saying Houston, we have a problem. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, let's talk about Houston real quick. <laughs> that up being in the tie with the Indianapolis Colts, a team that a lot of people have high expectations, especially with Matt Ryan being the starting quarterback now for the Colts. That had to be disappointing for the Colts to go in there and tie with the Texans, a team that was in like top five pick last year. Um, in the draft, whatnot, then you're going to get Matt Ryan with all those offseason additions. You, you expect a lot more from your team. You expect Davis Mills had a good game against that coach defense. I mean, they, the coach didn't show up. I mean, we see the same part of the coach. And yeah, I know it's a divisional, divisional foe, divisional um, opponent, whatnot, week one, but I just expect a lot more from the coach. I, that was one of my surprising teams right there this, this week, the coach. And uh, here's the thing with week one everybody's got the same record, right? I mean, they're going out there and they're playing the game, man. They're trying to win the game. I mean, essentially, they're trying to just not be own one And that's what I was telling a lot of people is that, yeah, some of these games were surprising, but at the same time, you got to think about it. It's a new year, new team, new coaches somewhere. The players are going to go out there and ball, man, and the credit to the Texans, man, they they hung in there. I I, I mean, I thought really the Colts were going to – I mean, I did say, look, it was going to be a tough matchup, right? And I said the defense looks good. It looked good in the, in, in, in the preseason, but <laughs> – Dang, the Texans gave up, I believe it was a total of, let me just look back at my notes on this one real quick, just to be, it was five, 
Yeah, uh, it was actually they gave up 517 yards total. That that's both air and air air and ground uh, rushing. So, but yeah, credit credit to Texans. I mean, shoot, man, they gave they gave the Colts they they gave it to the Colts. It's unfortunate that it ended in a tie. No, I mean that's the last thing that I think any fan or anybody that's just watching football yeah. in general, it's the last thing that you want to see is a tie. You know, you want to see this win. You know, you want to see the win. Who comes away with a win? And that's this is a tough one because this is a divisional one too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and outside of the coach, what other teams stood out to you? I know on my I had my eyes on that Johnson Titans game. The Giants they stood out to me. Saquon Barkley. I mean, maybe this is resurgence here. He looked really good for him, man. I know. Yeah, he had a he had one bag pick in the end zone, but I think the Giants they my surprise team and they they look real good. I know it's week one, but I'm I like what the Giants did. I like what I seen from the Giants this past week. Yeah, I like Brand Dayball there as a head coach. I think he's going to do a good job for the Giants. Look, one team that looks like they didn't skip a beat are the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they just went into Arizona and destroyed the Cardinals. And look, Pat Mahomes did play in the preseason, right? So that's kind of the thing that I was thinking. I was like, well, hey, man, this guy's been playing for about four weeks already. Not only that, but their defense looks like they're like, I mean, they're just gelling. I mean, they're, that defense they're looks locked like, in. They're locked in. Uh, but a game that really stood out was the Vikings. I mean, we're talking about a like you said, you 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 had just mentioned right now was a new a new coaching staff, and wow, Justin Jefferson looked like a monster out there. I mean, it, it took them a while to understand. Like they were they had uh, it took it took the Packers a while, and that's because the Packers have probably one of the best defensive backs in the entire yeah. league, right? And J- Jair Alexander, and then of course you know they still got Eric Stokes. They've invested a lot into the secondary. And the way this coaching staff was able to scheme up Justin Jefferson, and it makes everybody that drafted a wide receiver that year look like a fool, right? It makes Justin Jefferson look like a monster. So good job to the Vikings. I think that uh, um, Kendall had mentioned something about, I don't, I don't know, was it Kirk Cousins? I don't know. We were talking about it that, you know, oh, wow, uh, somebody mentioned Kirk Cousins in the, in the, in the, in the mention. Michael, it was Michael Irvin. 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 We had talked about it that he had said, "Watch Kirk Cousins be the MVP this year." And you know what? I mean, at this point, the way that coaching staff has that offense ready to go and locked in, and and he even saw Zadarius Smith. I mean, he was getting in, in Aaron Rodgers' face. So this is kind of like what you want to see is is this type of these type of plays, and you also want to see this type of uh, creativity on offense and and be able to to stop somebody that's probably uh, considered a GOAT, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is considered one of the yeah. greatest of all time. I mean, it's kind of hard. He doesn't have the championships like Tom Brady does, but I like what the Vikings are doing. Yeah, and then let's talk about that Cincinnati and, and Pittsburgh game. Oh, I mean, man. right off the bat, Minka Fitzpatrick intercepts Joe Burrow. I mean, the Bengals had five turnovers, and the game almost ended up in a tie as well. I mean, it essentially went down to the last seconds of the game. Yeah, that was a good game, early game. They got a lot of turnovers out of Burrow. And um, like, like I said, they, like, we kind of knew that was going to happen. When Mike Tomlin came out with the Air Forces, the, the um, Pittsburgh State Black Air Forces, the Pittsburgh Steelers meant business. I said on the Sunday show, they, they, meant, they meant business. And they came out and they did it. The game wasn't close to start, but the Bengals came. I thought the Bengals were going to close it out and win. But, I mean, they meant, they meant business. Trubisky didn't turn the ball, which is huge. Najee Harris did get hurt, but they said he'd be fine this week against the Patriots. TJ Watt did get hurt. He's going to be out about a good month, month and a half. But overall, good performance by the Steelers. I will say, Joe Burrow, though, I mean, 
he was able to stay in the game. I mean, he had a lot of turnovers, but dang, he, he, <laughs> I think, I think I, when we look back, I am very sure that Jamar Chase crossed that plane and, and actually scored the touchdown and, and, and they rushed, they rushed. I guess they didn't yeah. want to attest if he was inbounds, but he was clearly inbounds. Yeah. But you they blew it right. They blew time. it right there. They had it right there. And it's but, I mean, yeah. but Jerry, but they had their chances to win right there with the kick too. But McPherson missed it, and it was it was pretty a pretty close clip, uh, kick. It wasn't well, too far. Well, actually, Drew Sample, I think he came out. He was like, "Man, I I am," which is which is you know when when it just shows you the importance of special teams. And McPherson last year he was a rookie. Yeah, he looked lights out. Solid. I mean. And and for sure, when he came out, I was like, "Oh, that's money for him." But Drew Sample came out, and and you can actually see the replay where he missed he missed the block, he missed the blocking. He let he let I think it was Mika who blocked it, right? Mika Fitzpatrick, yeah. I mean, just shows you how one if you can get yourself one solid safety, right? For all those NFL teams, you know, out there that don't like drafting safeties, if you get yourself a Mika Fitzpatrick on your defense, you have solved one problem, right? Uh, and, and Mika was all over the field. Uh, but but overall, that was probably one of the most enter- entertaining games. But it's crazy, right? Just it just shows you how important the special teams aspect of the game is. I mean, we saw also today that the Colts released Rodrigo Blankenship for missing the uh, missing a crucial field goal too. So, I mean, <laughs> what can you say? It was an interesting week one. Uh, I like I like I I actually enjoyed watching. The Bengals and Steelers actually—it looked like a real. Uh, it, it it almost feel kind of refreshing to see the Steelers are are were were putting up a good fight, right? Because for years and years we that's the Steelers. The Steelers were always, I mean, one of the top dogs in the AFC North, and it's good to see them uh, be able to get Mitch and continue to you know move on and 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 hopefully they can keep this up. You know, I know that T.J. Watt is a big important factor, but hopefully he gets well soon, and and they can you know still see how how far they can contend this season. Man, shout out to Mitch Trubisky, man. <laughs> he made some crucial throws during the game. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. How about still, Deontay he's still, Johnson? He's still, he's still playing it safe, though. I mean, if you look, I mean, yeah. a lot of them are a, a lot, uh, but he's doing his job. Hey, not to rub it in. Nobody mentioned it yet. That was somebody had an upset pick on Sunday, and I, <laughs> on some, I don't know who it is. Y'all tell me. Yeah. But, but you said, also said the Lions were going to beat the Eagles, and now that it happened, so <laughs> yeah, what, I, I, have been, I, have, I, have I don't know if you really. It, I don't know if you necessarily call this an upset, though. We knew Pittsburgh was going to be decent. They're not. They weren't going to be bad. Yeah, the only question was think, Mitch. I, I think all you guys said the bingo. Everybody was on Joe Burrow and the Bengals, though. I was, I, was, I, was, I was on Joe Burrow. You, you did call it. I did pick the Bengals. Hey, man, look, next time you're wrong, I'll remind you. Just like <laughs> I'll do the same, too. <laughs> yeah, but look, the, the Eagles, I mean, yeah, it was a three-point uh, win against the Lions, but they look good. Detroit, hey, credit to Detroit. They came back and almost, uh, you know, tied the game as well. A.J. Brown, big, a big game. And this – I could, can we say that they got they got they what they got their investment back for, for that? I mean, they invested into it and he, it paid off so far. They went to them early and often. Yes, they did. And but no, Monty Smith. I, Where was he? He was, he was he was taken out of the game completely, which is crazy. I think he had he he had zero catches, right? 
Yeah, you didn't have any. I have him on my fantasy football team. He had zero points for me. So that's how I know he had a bad game. <laughs> what about what about the Atlanta Falcons letting the Saints come back? And hey, Michael Thomas, he wasn't he showed up. He I had him on my fantasy team, so I saw he noticed he scored two touchdowns. So that was good. <laughs> Look, congratulations to the Saints. You beat a team you were supposed to beat, and you barely escaped. You beat them by a point. Not much to stay on there, man. Credit to the Falcons, though. I mean, they were leading pretty much the whole game. I mean, it, that that one was, that that one I I couldn't believe I couldn't believe the Falcons were actually in the game in that one. I, I for sure I picked the I picked the Saints on that one, and I was running with it too. I said Saints are going to win. Defense oh, yeah. is too good. My, uh, Marcus Moriota, I was writing them off, but dang man, uh, they came to play, and that was, that was actually a very entertaining game. Um, the 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 last one that I want to mention briefly before we get off was uh, the commander and the Jaguars for once. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars actually put up a good fight, but Carson Wentz was able to make the big plays that he needed to. Yeah, good rebound game for Washington and Carson Wentz because his last outing against Jacksonville last year when he was a member of the Colts was not – wasn't one to remember. It wasn't a good outing. And um, I think they bounced back, played good. Jahan Dotson with two touchdowns, I believe. Yeah, he had a, he had a solid game. Um, let's talk about week two real quick before we get off. What games are you guys looking forward to the most? Thursday night. <laughs> Thursday night game, man. Really? Chargers and Chiefs. One. I mean, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, you're talking about two defenses that look on point. I mean, Justin Herbert, he put on a show, too. I mean, he looked locked in. Dang. So, I mean, you got two teams that had great starts to week one. And, I mean, I think that you can't you can't script it any better. That's why NFL so it's so entertaining, right? And uh, I think this Thursday, I think this is gonna be one of, one of the one of the games that I'm gonna be really locked in. Yeah, he's gonna be without Keenan Allen more than likely. He's gonna be out for the game, so that's a for the Chargers. Yeah, that. So I'm gonna go with Tampa and New Orleans. Can Tom Brady finally get over the hump and beat the um, Saints in the regular season? He's he's been struggling against them in the past. They've had his number the past couple years since he's been a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. That's the game I'm looking forward to. And Monday night, we'll see that doubleheader. Well, it's going to be two games, not a doubleheader, but two games on Monday. I want to see that Vikings and Eagles game. That's a good game. That's, right that's the one I was going to pick. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that game. And obviously, the Raiders uh, bouncing back, hopefully against the Arizona Cardinals. And yeah, tomorrow night's or Thursday night's game, it's going to be a really good one between the Chargers and Chiefs. All right, guys. Any last thoughts before we get off the air? Baker, you let me down. But other than that, no. <laughs> I thought Baker was going to kill him. I thought Baker was going to kill the Browns, but nope. Yeah, it was week one. Everybody, let's sit back and relax. No, no overreaction, and we only week two. I think a lot of people overreacted, but <laughs> but hey, that's part of the game. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you, everyone out there, for watching and listening. Have a great night. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. 
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast, transform your influence. Electricast.